0: Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today is October 3rd, I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via The Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over my preview of the game between the Seahawks and the Dolphins. Now, uh, first things first, I want to apologize for getting it out on such short notice. I've had to get some eye exams pretty frequently over the last few days, so they've had my eyes dilated and they've been kind of poking at them. It's been very difficult for me to look at screens the past few days. I do have some more tests coming up, so uh, if you guys want to send your thoughts and wishes, I would, you know, appreciate all of those. Now, uh, to get into my preview of the game between the Dolphins and the Seahawks, the Miami Dolphins will be going up against the Seattle Seahawks at Hard Rock Stadium this Sunday. The Dolphins are, of course, 1-2, and, and the Seahawks are 3-0. Oh. The Dolphins will be looking to continue building off of what was a very dominating win against the Jaguars. The Seahawks, on the other hand, they're led by Russell Wilson. He is off to a historic start, and the Seahawks are arguably uh, the hottest team in the entire NFL right now. So we'll take a look at the Dolphins first really quick. So last week, the Dolphins defeated the Jaguars a score of 31 to 13. It was very obviously their best performance so far this season. The offensive side of the ball in particular looked really good. Fitzpatrick was 18 for 20. He had two touchdowns. Now the defense, it wasn't perfect, but if you consider how bad they looked after the first two losses, I would say it was a drastic improvement. So now we're finally at the point in the season where we can kind of begin to compare the team stats with the Dolphins and the rest of the league. Again, it is a small sample size only through three games, but uh, just to kind of compare it, the Dolphins right now, their offense is 25th in total yards. In pass yards, they are 24th. In rushing yards, they are 20th with 108 yards per game. So the Dolphins offense right now, they are beginning to find what looks like a nice little rhythm. It's still definitely a ways away from being one of the premier offenses in the league. Nobody's putting them at the top of their rankings yet, uh, just yet, but for a Rebuilding team, I would say it looks pretty good. And we'll begin with quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick here. Now, he hasn't been putting up the massive stat lines that birth that nickname of Fitzmagic. Instead, what we've gotten this year is a more reserved Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's averaging 226 yards per game, and on the season, he has four touchdowns and three interceptions. And again, this is a guy who would sometimes throw for four touchdowns and three interceptions in one game alone. So I think he has done a fine job kind of transitioning into more as a game manager but at the same time it's only been three games who knows if we'll end up seeing the true Fitzmagic later on. Now if we take a look here at the offensive line I think they have been playing terrifically so far and a ton of that praise is directed at the rookies left tackle Austin Jackson and right guard Solomon Kinley. Fitzpatrick was only sacked one time last week and the five sacks on this season are in the top half of the league. There are only 10 quarterbacks who have played all three of their games and have been sacked fewer times than Ryan Fitzpatrick so the offensive line and their progress has also led to the arrival of running back Miles Gaskin the second year running back he has surprised many people myself included when he dominated the touches for Miami in week one and since then the script has not changed Gaskin is averaging 18 touches and 81 total yards per game his versatility as a pass catcher his ability to find space when he's running it all makes him the clear-cut lead back for the Miami Dolphins. Don't expect that to change anytime soon. Now, if we go and we take a look at the receivers, the Dolphins' leading receiver isn't a wide receiver technically, you know, many could argue with his current role, he is more of a wide receiver, but it is tight end Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki, so far this season, 175 yards that is sixth among all tight ends in the NFL, and he also has two touchdowns. Now, wide receiver Devontae Parker, so far this season, he has 169 yards that would put him right now on pace for just over 900 yards, which is well shy of what was his breakout season last year, where he had. 1202. Now, before anyone panics again, this is a small sample size. He's bound to string together some bigger games. If you remember week one, he was forced to leave the game with a hamstring injury. And then if you look at the cornerbacks, he was lined up against Stephon Gilmore and Tredavious White. It doesn't get much harder than that. So he's going to be seeing a ton of easier and better matchups uh, throughout this season. Now, another receiver here that I think deserves a little bit more respect is uh, Isaiah Ford. He has been a nice little hidden gem for this team. He is as reliable as they come. He has done an amazing job at getting open and kind of acting as a safety valve. If you think back to his week two game against Buffalo, where he was heavily involved, he had 76 yards. I think Isaiah Ford deserves more respect. Now, another receiver here is Preston Williams, and he was a favorite by many to have a breakout season. If you remember last year before his injury, it looked like he was going to have a breakout season, but so far this year, he's gotten off to a pretty disappointing start. He has the lowest catch percentage in the entire NFL. He has only caught five of his 14 targets. He is also second to last in separation per NFL's next-gen stats. And if you look at who is last, it is Devontae Parker. And that kind of shows how hard it has been for Ryan Fitzpatrick to find open receivers and how these windows have looked for him. Very tight windows, uh, not a lot of separation for any of the receivers in Miami so far. Now, if we take a look at Miami's defense really quick. Uh, in total yards allowed, they are 25th. In passing yards allowed, they are also 25th. And in rushing yards allowed, they are Twenty fifth. So the defense here, it's the obvious weakest link on this team. In week one, they were dominated by Cam Newton. In week two, Josh Allen torched the defense, took advantage of that mismatch between Stefan Diggs and Benogany. But in week three, the team stepped up. They held the Jaguars to 13 points. They made things very difficult for Gardner Minshew. Xavier Howard had that big late game interception. Uh, Kyle Van Noy had a big uh, clutch strip sack. No wide receiver for the Jaguars last week had more than 43 yards. The secondary really stepped up. Xavier Howard looked good. Rookie corner Noah Igbenogany, who I mentioned had a rough week in week two. He bounced back last week. He broke up a pass in the end zone, had several big tackles, but we might need another big game from Noah Igbenogany here because Byron Jones, and if you remember, he missed last week and most of week two with a groin injury. He was limited at practice. He's been downgraded to doubtful. I would not be expecting Byron Jones to be playing in this game. The Dolphins applied solid pressure all week last week, uh, namely Emmanuel Ogba, Kyle Van Noy. as I mentioned. Their issue was slowing down the running back, James Robinson, and I think that kind of points to a bigger issue that has plagued the team, not. Just this year but for a long time and it is tackling and in 2020 specifically I have to look at Alandon Roberts because it looks like Alandon Roberts has really struggled with getting anybody on the ground in the open field when he is tasked with making the tackle now if we go here and we take a look at the Seattle Seahawks really quick offensive stats here total yards they are ninth in the NFL passing yards they are fifth rushing yards they are 16th the Seahawks biggest strength it's obvious it is Russell Wilson he is off to a historic start to the season. Through the three games this year, he has 14 touchdowns, which is the most in NFL history. Now, Per NFL's next gen stats, he has the second most time to throw in the NFL, trailing only Baker Mayfield. And if you look at it and you look at what some of the stuff the Cowboys were doing last week, I will give them props for getting pressure with Alden Smith. But there were other instances where there was either a three man rush for some reason or there was a four man rush with absolutely no pressure. And there was a time when I would go back and get the clip where the offensive line kind of looked back at Russell Wilson like, dang, you still have the ball? Like, that's crazy. This guy has a ton of time to throw and when you are as talented as russell wilson when you have kind of the receivers that he has and their ability to get open you cannot allow him to have that much time to throw now again per nfl's next gen stats not only that but he has the least aggressiveness, and that is a stat that is calculated by attempts that are thrown into tight windows. So in other words, the guys that he is throwing to are typically wide open, and this is another thing. If you look back last week, there was a touchdown he threw in the corner of the end zone on the left side to Tyler Lockett, and the guy was as wide open as you could be. He could have Jason Williams elbow past that to Tyler Lockett if he wanted to. He could have kicked it to him. The guy was wide open. There was nobody even in the vicinity. There was another play where uh, the defense somehow fell asleep on the main target Tyler Lockett and he caught like a 45 yard bomb just wide open and DK Metcalf had did the same thing to him earlier in the game. So uh, you know again Russell Wilson an elite talent and I'm not saying that to downplay what he is doing but I'm just saying that when the team is making mistakes against Russell Wilson and when he has time to throw it is going to be far too easy for him to succeed. So to take a look at the running game here for the Seahawks they have had some great production from Chris Carson the past two years he finished both seasons with over a thousand yards but after suffering a knee sprain it was a really dirty play where Tristan Hill of the Cowboys kind of alligator rolled his knee for some reason Uh, his availability for this game is unknown he is cleared to play but if you're thinking fantasy football wise I would not feel confident in Chris Carson uh, you know having a huge role in this game I could see him being on a snap counter if they get off to a lead them electing to just not use him and to you know kind of Put him in bubble wrap for this game, and that could all open up the door for Carlos Hyde to be the featured back in this game. Now, with Russell Wilson having a great season, if we take a look at the receivers here, it's kind of a given that they're also having a great season. Uh they have two receivers in the top ten in receiving yards, those being DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Lockett also leads the entire NFL in receiving TDs with four, and Metcalf is right behind him with three. Both receivers have been capitalizing off the deep game. Uh, They had three catches of 40-plus yards last week. Just an absolutely dynamic duo right there in Seattle. Now, if we take a look at the defensive side of the ball uh, for the Seahawks, total yards allowed, they are 32nd. Passing yards allowed, they are also 32nd. And rushing yards allowed, they are 2nd. So the struggle for the Seahawks have obviously come on the defensive side of the ball. If you remember that stat I said about Russell Wilson's historic pace through the first three games of the season, well, On the contrary to that, the Seahawks have also given up the most passing yards through the first three games in NFL history. Some more little stats here. No team has given up more first downs than the Seahawks with 65. No team has given up more passing yards of 20-plus yards than the Seahawks with 18. No team has given up more passing plays of 40-plus yards, 6. And you kind of get the point here. The secondary for Seattle has been terrible. And sure, one could make the argument that, uh, teams have to abandon the run and the high efficiency on the offense for the Seahawks forces teams to pass against them. But they have been in two very close games, games that could have easily been lost, and those would have fallen on the secondary and their uh, you know poor play. So if you look back at Week One against the Falcons, they had three receivers with over a hundred yards against the Seahawks. In Week Two, Julian Edelman had a career high 179 yards, and in Week Three, the Cowboys had three receivers also finish the game with over 100 yards. The issue could be in part uh, because they're struggling to get to the quarterback. They only have five sacks so far on the season. The leader in sacks for the Seahawks is Jamal Adams, and he will be missing this game with a groin injury. So if there are any positives when it comes to the Seahawks defense right now, it has been their ability to stop the run. Now, if you look at the total yards, you know, we won't tell you the whole story because again, teams are forced to abandon the run to keep up with Seattle. But even even then, uh, you know they held Ezekiel Elliott to 34 yards with an average of 2.4 yards per carry. They they held uh, Patriot Sony Michelle to 19 yards with 2.7 yards per carry, and they also held Cam Newton to 47. And against the Falcons, they held uh, Todd Gurley to 56. So they do deserve a little bit of praise there for their ability to stop the run. Bobby Wagner is still a very elite there at the linebacker position, but with the ability to throw on the Seahawks with so much ease, I don't think uh, their ability to stop the run is something that should strike fear in an opposing offense. Now, if we get into my expectations for this game, the first one I have here is that it's a routine, less demanding game uh, from Russell Wilson. I'm expecting Russell Wilson to be efficient. He will still show everybody why he deserves to be the MVP, but I don't expect him to have to go out there and throw for 350 yards and five touchdowns. I just don't think that he will have to do that I think they will uh, have a good control over the pace of this game and he won't need to be the one putting the team on his back here I think it will be a casual day at the office for Russell Wilson my next expectation here is that there are several big plays from Seattle uh, Miami I think did a good job containing Jacksonville though their lead receiver DJ Chark was out but I'm not sure Xavier Howard can prevent a big guy like DK Metcalf from winning a jump ball and more importantly I'm not sure whoever is lined up in the slot, uh, whether it's Nick Needham, whether it's Jamal Perry, or maybe even Noah Igbenagani, I'm not really sure how they have any sort of chance against a guy like Tyler Lockett. So, whether it is by miscommunication or whether it's by guys just physically burning them in the secondary, I am worried about this secondary giving up big plays to these two guys from the Seattle Seahawks. And now, my last expectation for this game is that Devontae Parker feast. The only scenario I think where Devontae Parker Wouldn't see a high volume in this game is if the Dolphins were out in front, and frankly, I'm not really expecting that. I think if it's close, they're going to need to rely on him in order to move the ball downfield, and if they're behind, then I think he should also see a ton of opportunities to get the ball. I would not be surprised right now if Devontae Parker in this game has over 120 yards. Now, before I begin with my keys to the victory, back in week 14 of 2018, the Dolphins faced off against the New England Patriots, and I said in my preview before that game that it would require a miracle for Miami uh, to be able to pull off the victory well it turns out the Dolphins had a miracle in them that week and this is another one of those situations that I think may require some sort of miracle from the Dolphins so my first key to the victory here it's going to be apply pressure on Russell Wilson. Now guys, if I could truly materialize these keys to the victories and stopping Wilson, then I would have a headset on and I would be on the sideline, not behind a microphone. This is an incredibly hard task that is easier said than done, but Regardless of that, this secondary is already fighting an uphill battle if Byron Jones isn't there. Forcing Wilson to throw the ball quickly would be the only way to relieve some of that pressure off of that secondary. My next key to the victory here is going to be hold down the gas. Again, it's easier said than done, but the Dolphins had two quarters of really good football last week. In this game, though, in order to win, they're going to need all four. It seems common for teams in the NFL uh, to want to manage the clock and, you know, slow the pace of the game down once they have a lead. But if the Dolphins get a lead in this game, they cannot sway away from how they got in that position. They're going to need to hold down the gas Plus, I think Miami's natural home field advantage, that being the heat, could help them with that. They will likely wear those white uniforms. Seattle will be out there in their dark ones, so they need to hold down the gas and try to tire out the Seattle Seahawks. Now, my last key to the victory here is going to be to spread the ball. As we have seen, the Seahawks' defense is capable of being attacked from multiple different angles. Little-known Cowboys receiver Cedric Wilson was on the radar after his massive game against the Seahawks last week, and the same thing happened with Falcons Wide receiver Russell Gage. The Dolphins will need to have big days from more than just one receiver in this game in order to hang in there against what is a very tough, high octane Seahawks offense. So, guys, that is how I'm gonna wrap up this episode. As always, if you wanna follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at Via the Source. If you wanna follow my personal account, that is at Shady Steven. If you have any questions or topics you would like for me to discuss, feel free to send them uh, to me on Twitter, and I would love to discuss them in future episodes. I would like to give a little shout out to a lot of the people that have been supporting me so far. Uh, my guy Martin on Twitter has been a huge help, always sharing my content and giving me, you know, words of uh support and it really does encourage me to you know continue to put out content and uh, continue to improve on my craft and his support really does mean a lot to me and I'm grateful for that Uh, same thing goes for Brandon on Twitter is always sharing my stuff and helps spreading the word very thankful for the support as well as the guys at Dolphins Talk it really all does uh, mean a lot to me and I will say if anybody has any sort of fantasy football questions I would be glad to answer those feel free to send them on Twitter I see plenty of people on the internet you know they're last minute going and trying to get help, I will gladly respond and I'll even include my rationale and my logic for why I'm giving you that advice. I love talking fantasy football. So guys, that is how I'm gonna wrap it up. Until next time though, I'm Steven Masso and this was Via The Source.